Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we journey to lush, fog-shrouded mountains to relax and unwind with the Greek myth of star-crossed lovers, Echo and Narcissus. We will journey through forests of cedar and pine, hear tales of beauty near still, glassy pools, and experience a tale of love unlike any other. Before we begin, however, let us take a moment to relax and find comfort in the space that we are in, here and now. Close your eyes and allow your body to sink into the mattress beneath you. For a moment, I want you to try and imagine a floating orb made of a thick, cool mist. Imagine that orb bobbing through the air, slowly and gracefully, until it just barely brushes the crown of your head. Breathe in and out. In and out. As this orb slowly moves down your body, bringing a refreshing, cool chill with it everywhere that it travels. And as it travels, pay attention to how your muscles feel in each and every body part. As the orb of fog brushes down your arms, turn your attention to the muscles there. With that gentle touch of that orb, feel your hands, arms, shoulders, and wrists relax and unravel, sinking deeper into the mattress than you thought possible. Feel the mist travel to your chest and rest there for a brief moment, filling your lungs with fresh, cool air. As the comforting fog envelops you, let the tension of the day melt away into the room around you. Feel as the heaviness in your heart evaporates, becoming part of that orb of fog. Feel as your lungs open up more and more allowing you to breathe more slowly and deeply 
follow the orb of fog as it travels down each leg, starting at your hips, then your knee, and finally, your feet. Feel as your knees unlock and settle into a comfortable position. Feel as any aches or pains in your joints dissipate, like they were never there to begin with. And with this tension melting away, feel your whole body enter a new state of relaxation. The peaceful little orb hovering over your head slowly, slowly unfurls, blanketing your room in a soothing layer of snow-white fog like a cool, serene sauna, just for you. Now that we have taken the time to unwind and find comfort in the space that we are in, here and now, let us begin our story. The mountains deep, deep within the countryside, were said to be some of the most beautiful in all the land. They were peaceful mountains, miles and miles from the nearest town. You could not hear the laughter, nor talk of men when you disappeared into its evergreen groves, sat by its still waters, or laid your weary head in its fields, flourishing with wildflowers. It was a place to escape, a place of respite where nothing in the outside world mattered, a place where no one would find you if you simply wanted to go somewhere and be without bringing the expectations of others along for the journey with you. And because these mountains were such a serene place, untouched by the struggles of men, it was a place where those who possessed magic long traveled to, and perhaps one of its most frequent visitors was none other than Zeus himself. As often as he could, he would travel down, 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 down to the mountains escaping his obligations as a god and as a husband. He would join the wood nymphs who always welcomed him with jovial smiles and gifts of gratitude. 
they would embrace the god the moment he set foot on the mountain and would introduce him to the peaceful, joyful life that they all lived. They would bring him to the flower-filled meadows where they would lie in the tall, silky grass, breathing in the sweet aroma of the flowers and reading long, flowing poetry to one another. They would watch as the petals drifted by on the nectar-tinged breeze, dancing as if nature was putting on a show just for the nymphs and Zeus. They would take him to the waterfalls that dotted the high, lush cliff sides in the region. There, they would embrace Zeus as the cold mountain water ran over them, its gossamer filling the surrounding air, giving a home to rainbows that would often shimmer and appear before their very eyes. They would sing songs there, giggling and laughing throughout the whole day. Sometimes they would play games in the forest, zipping and frolicking through the thick leaves with smiles on their faces trying to hide from one another. But, truly, there was only one person they needed to hide from, and that was Hera, the wife of Zeus. She was, rightfully so, a jealous goddess, and soon she caught wind of Zeus's escapades down in the mesmerizing mountains. She began to travel down to the mountains whenever her husband could not be found back home. And when she did, the nymphs knew they had to do something to protect themselves and avoid being caught. Hera was not known for being particularly understanding, nor was she forgiving of those who spent time with her husband. It was a young nymph named Echo who was tasked with protecting the other nymphs from Hera's wrath. Anytime Hera traveled down to the mountains, Echo would step in her path with a smile on her face. Echo was perhaps the most charming out of all the mountain nymphs. She was a woman of absolute beauty and grace. But it was her personality that drew everyone to her. 
she had a way with words, the ability to draw people in and make them feel special about themselves, a way to invite them to experience life with her in an entirely special way. And so, people loved Echo, and for quite some time, Hera was no different. Every time Echo stepped in her path, Hera was enthralled with her. Echo would chat for hours about everything and nothing. Her melodic voice soothing Hera and her charming stories causing her to laugh, cry, and to be truly vulnerable. And Echo genuinely enjoyed her time talking with Hera Though it began as a ruse, she came to look forward to the goddess's visits down to the mountains. But soon, Hera caught on to Echo's task at hand. When they rounded a corner into a vibrant glade one fine day, Hera caught sight of the nymphs running away, trying to escape being seen with her husband, who was lying in the cool grass with a smile on his face. Hera was devastated, not only by her husband's betrayal, but by what she perceived as Echo's betrayal. She turned to Echo with anger and bitterness and power spiraling in her beautiful green eyes. She raised her hands over the nymph and, with magically charged words, she told Echo, Your tongue has made a fool of me. Henceforth, your words will be more brief. You will always have the last word, but never the first. With that, Hera disappeared, taking her husband with her. Echo felt something shift inside her chest, like a piece snapping out of place and forever getting lost. Are you all right, Echo? One of the gentle wood nymphs asked, finally summoning up the courage to emerge from the woods. Echo, Echo responded. She blinked in surprise, placing a soft finger to her chest, wondering how words she hadn't intended to say 
had sprung from her lips. Echo, what is the matter? Another wood nymph asked. She laid a hand on Echo's cheek, looking into her eyes with sincerity and concern. The matter, Echo replied. The wood nymphs all came around her, wanting to aid their friend. It was then that they realized what Hera's curse had meant. Echo would never be able to say anything except for the final words that came from another's lips. There was a period of mourning then. The other wood nymphs longed for Echo's tales and stories. They missed her beautiful singing and the charming way she spoke of the beautiful world around them. On occasion, the nymphs would gather by the very waterfalls that they had once bathed with Zeus, and there they would sing softly and slowly, taking it word by word, so that Echo could sing along with them. They would do this for hours, simply to have the opportunity to hear her beautiful voice echo off the canyon walls and dance between the trees once more. For quite some time, life carried on as usual, though Echo missed expressing herself and singing. She tried to find peace and comfort in her life in the mountains. She still collected flowers and danced with her friends and slept by crackling bonfires under starry night skies. This went on for months and months until memories of her life while she still had a voice of her own were faint. But life in the mountains changed eventually. There was a town miles and miles away, a simple town of stone streets, a craftsman town full of pottery and art and vibrant woven cloths, all knitted together to create the fabric of the community, and within this town was a man named Narcissus. From his birth, he was one of the most popular, beloved people in town. He had high cheekbones, flawless skin, and breathtaking blue eyes that others frequently got lost in. 
His hair was golden and shined in the sun, casting a golden glow on the world around him, everywhere that he went. Because he was so beloved, Narcissus was not treated like those around him. He was viewed as somewhat of a god, a beautiful man, too beautiful to belong to any of the women in town. He was so beautiful, in fact, that anyone who looked at his face would fall madly in love with him. It would start with a feeling of warmth that would rush over their bodies like a cerulean wave. The rest of the world would fade away as they gazed upon his face. There were no other people no words, no music, no breeze whispering through the trees next to them. All that existed was him, the beautiful boy with the golden hair. Their hearts would begin to beat in pace with his, as if they were tied together now meant to be with one another. But because every woman in the town was in love with him, Narcissus did not know true love. He felt too high and mighty, too narcissistic to love anyone but himself. And so, he lived a lonely life, surrounded by people who were infatuated with him, but would never truly know him. One day, the men in this town decided it was time to traverse to the mountain far, far in the distance. Narcissus accompanied them, and, for the first time, he entered the woods. He was not a man who found any particular beauty in nature, nor was he a man who was fond of spending his time with other men. As they settled in to camp for the first night, Narcissus wandered off into the woods, thinking himself too important to have conversations with the other men. He walked along a simple, winding dirt path littered with leaves of amber, green, and fiery red. It was peaceful here, the birds chirped overhead, even louder as he passed, as though they, too, 
could see his beauty. It wasn't long before Narcissus realized that he was lost. The path had disappeared from beneath his feet long ago, and he was in the center of the lush forest with nowhere to go. Little did he know he wasn't alone. In a grove of trees nearby, Echo caught sight of him. It was the first time the forest had ever had visitors aside from Zeus and Hera, and she found herself wondering what this could mean for her future and the future of the mountain. She brushed leaves aside as she made her way toward the man. She could only see him from behind, but what she saw made her heart stop. He had a muscular build with soft, woven clothes that clung to his skin. Sunlight filtered through the trees and lay across his strong back, casting patterns that moved as he did. Unable to speak to him, she followed behind him for quite some time simply watching in peaceful silence. He seemed frustrated as he wandered through the woods, and as afternoon began to sweep its cold hand over the forest, a mist laced through the trees around him. He looked almost like a painting, a man alone in the woods, standing in a grove of trees and surrounded by a thick blanket of fog. For a moment, Echo sat next to a tree and simply breathed him in, observing him like the piece of art that he was. And it was then that he turned toward her. She was obscured by a lush juniper bush sprouting from the ground before her, but peering through the fragrant branches, she could see him. As his eyes swept in her direction, and as she took in his face for the very first time, life as she knew it changed. He was, without a doubt, the most beautiful thing she had ever seen in her entire life. At once, a warmth of affection and love washed over her 
Her mind was enveloped with thoughts of what could be. In that single moment, she could see it all laid out before her. She could see her life with him, the two of them waking up in a cabin in these beautiful mountains together, cooking breakfast over a crackling fire as the morning sun painted the mountaintops blue and pink and gold. She could see them eating their breakfast, wrapped in one another's arms as the birds began to rise from their nests, shaking off their slumber and singing their words to awaken the rest of the world. She could see them wandering through the woods together every day, stopping by gentle streams to bathe together in the cool mountain water, standing beneath waterfalls and laughing as they held one another under the slowly cascading water. She could see them lying in fields of wildflowers, his strong hands weaving a crown of flowers just for her head. She could see them curling up in bed at night, their fingers intertwined as they watched the stars sweep across the night sky. They would listen to the sounds of the forest falling asleep, the crickets chirping into the night air, the wind whistling through the leaves just a bit louder, the jackals and foxes howling in the far distance, singing a song of their own to the crystal clear night air. And as she saw all of these scenarios in her head, she fell more and more in love with each fantastical moment. She shook this dreamy facade from her head, returning to the reality at hand. Narcissus was walking away from her now, continuing his journey through the forest. She felt a tug at her heart, as though the universe was telling her she needed to be with him, blindly, with only him in her view. She followed him deeper and deeper into the woods. With every quiet step she took, over the beautiful forest floor, she fell more and more in love. She felt as though she knew him, 
as if she knew the story of the spring in his step, knew the reason why he always kept his right hand clasped at his waist, knew the reason he paused to brush his hair back and smiled ever so slightly every time he did so. This continued for several hours. Narcissus was lost, and yet he had utter confidence that this challenge was not too much for him. He felt that he could find his way back home with ease. After all, he was Narcissus. And as those hours dragged on and on, Echo followed. But the more time passed, the more careless she became of concealing herself in the trees. The love she had for this man was so overwhelming that it seemed her body had no room for anything else. Finally, Narcissus stopped for the night. He had an inkling that there was someone in the woods with him, but he did not fear. He settled down at the base of a beautiful willow tree, making his home for the night under its flowing tendrils. Echo settled nearby, nesting in the branches of a gnarled lilac bush with heavy flowers that peppered the grass at her feet. She could see him from there in her fragrant hideaway. She watched as he lit a fire for the night. As the sparks emerged into the dark night air, she felt as though the breath had been sucked from her lungs. The warm glow of the fire illuminated his face, making him look even more beautiful. He was ethereal, like an angel the gods had placed upon the earth just for her. It was almost unbearable how perfect he was. Echo longed to kiss his plush lips, to hold him close, to run her hands through his golden mane and whisper poetry into his ear. Had she not been cursed, she would have approached him hours ago, but the fear of her curse driving him off was sowed deep within her, just as Hera had hoped all those months ago. That night, 
as Narcissus slept, Echo crept a little closer to him, desperate to get more of a look at this angelic man. She watched in awe as his chest rose and fell, rose and fell, rose and fell, rose and fell. And with each breath he took, she felt more enamored with him. She desperately wanted to kiss him, but knew she could not. Instead, she placed some lilacs by his head and returned to the bush, hoping that the gift would be well received. That night, she hardly slept, and when she awakened, she awakened to Narcissus tucking the flower she had laid by his head behind his ear. The purple petals popped against his golden hair, and Echo felt even more longing just being near him. Wanting to find his way back to the village, Narcissus continued on his way. Echo thought it would be just like yesterday, a journey through the woods, trailing behind her beloved. But that day, that day was different. The fog in the forest was thick, and though it brought beauty with it, it also brought a sense of mystery, a fear that anything could happen. Narcissus's confidence waned as he traversed the woods, and Echo's footsteps became crystal clear to him. As they wandered into a stunning swath of forest, chock full of birch trees, Narcissus stopped. He turned on his heels, his eyes wide with worry, and then he spoke for the first time. Who is here? he asked his voice wavering in the slightest. Echo clung to those three words in utter awe. Even his voice was beautiful, like melodic poetry. She hid behind a nearby tree, her heart thrumming against her ribcage as she took in the sight of her beloved. Here, Echo replied. Her words were bright and airy, fueled by the overwhelming love and affection she had for Narcissus. 
Narcissus looked around in confusion, but there was a spark in his eyes. Echo's voice, even though controlled by the curse, was just as beautiful as it always had been. Who is here? he asked again. His words were stronger this time, tinged with more curiosity than fear or concern. Here, Echo chimed again. She wrapped her hands around the bark of the birch tree before her, wishing that it was Narcissus she could hold instead. Who are you? Narcissus called out. Come to me. He began to tiptoe around the woods, looking in bushes and behind trees in search of the mysterious source of the voice. Echo tiptoed around him, keeping herself hidden the way that only wood nymphs can. Come to me, she sang. Narcissus grew frustrated with this game. He settled into the center of the forest, his arms crossed over his chest as he glanced around, eyes narrowed. He thought perhaps it was the forest playing a trick on him. He had read stories of creatures in the woods tricking people. So, eager to get to the bottom of it, he called out once more. Who are you? Let us meet. The last three words set Echo's heart ablaze. Her love, the man she had been following for a day now, he wanted to meet her. He wanted that future with her, the cabin in the woods, breakfast over a fire as they watched the sunrise paint the landscape around them. Lazy days beneath waterfalls, laughing and singing in one another's company, sleeping beside one another every night. Echo couldn't endure living in the fantasy on her own anymore. She burst out from her hiding place, her arms outstretched, ready to embrace the love of her life. Let us meet, she cried, smiling from ear to ear. She was overjoyed that he finally wanted to meet her. She had never felt so happy in her life. But Narcissus was shocked to see the nymph. 
as her arms wrapped around him. He pushed her away in shock. At home, no one dared to touch him. Angered and horrified, he snapped at her. Take off your hands. You shall not fold your arms around me. Better death than such a one should ever caress me. Echo stood in the forest before him, crestfallen. Caress me, she replied against her will. Distraught at his rejection, Echo disappeared into the forest, leaving a trail of tears in her wake. She found her way to a cave high in the mountains, a lonely place where she could drown in her sorrows over her lost love and reflect on what her life had become. Had Narcissus not been a cruel man, he might have learned to love Echo. And had Echo not been cursed, she might have shown Narcissus how to love another. But fate was often unkind to the Greek gods and goddesses and nymphs that came before us. Narcissus wandered through the woods, distraught by his strange encounter. It was there that he discovered a pool of water that seemed to glow in the sunlight. It was undisturbed. Not a single animal drank from the cool water not a single leaf had fallen upon its glassy surface. Narcissus lowered himself down to take a sip of the water. And as he did, he saw the most beautiful sight before him. It was a man with high cheekbones and brilliant blue eyes a man of beauty and grace, a man that looked as though he had been carved from marvel for the gods themselves to enjoy. And it was at that moment that Narcissus fell deeply, madly in love. He was spellbound by this man in the water, this man he had never seen before. He leaned down, trying to kiss the man, only to realize that it was his own reflection. But love is strong, and love for oneself can be one of the strongest loves on earth. Narcissus lay by the water in a trance for days on end. 
enamored with his own reflection. As more and more time passed, he wasted away, until one night he disappeared. In place of his body grew a breathtaking flower, a flower with a golden center and stark white petals that reminded the nymphs of the snow. Echo, too, disappeared. Though part of her remained, her voice echoing people's words back to them in the beautiful mountains. I hope you have enjoyed this story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep. Please join me again tomorrow for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.